Welcome to the Best Player Wins Podcast, where we believe that winning is winning, no matter by how little or by how much. We are your hosts. I am Eddie Quinones. And Big Money Mike in the house, a.k.a. Mike Humes. Welcome to the podcast, Mike. How's uh, how's it been? How you been doing? Uh, kind of shitty. Um, got caught with the COVID, yeah. so I've just been... Just been hanging out at the house, just really not doing a whole lot, but it's not stopping me from doing football, man. Oh, yeah. I feel it, man. Uh, hopefully, you get better. Appreciate I'm sorry it. to hear that. It is what it is. So, all right. Let's, uh, let's jump right into it. Let's go to our prior week's uh, recap. Uh, start off with our biggest upset. Um, I actually, kind of looking at last week and, and looking at how things panned out, I actually didn't really have an upset. From last week, a lot of the matchups panned out. I think how most people expected them to pan out. Uh, there were some close to being upsets. There's a few matchups that were very close in point total, um, like Scott's team, the Thundercats versus Rolf Boy. It was about it was exactly eight points of a difference, which, knowing their rosters and what they are right now, is pretty surprising that it was that close of a matchup. Uh, you also had. Kevin versus Damon. Kevin pulled out on top of there, but only by like five points. Um, And then I think the closest one, which is a heartbreaker for you, but the closest Mm. matchup this past week that would have been the biggest upset if it did happen, uh, but it didn't, was your matchup versus JC, where you guys finished at about 1.5 points from each other, give or take. So that one was a tough one. Uh, Do you have anything in mind? Yeah, uh, I kind of agree with everything you said there. I mean, everybody, all the matchups, I think, panned out the way that we all thought. I could even go off to saying, like, yours was upsetting, too, because I know you wanted to get that first head-to-head win. It's a tough one. But I will say, I just remember, you know, with my matchup, I was sitting there. I was with my girl. It was Monday night. And she goes, why? Why? Why are you so just like tense? I'm like, you don't understand. <laughs> it's you a know, lot like, at stake I'm here. So close to winning this matchup. She goes, Oh my God. I'm like, I'm telling you, I'm like, come on, the whole time. And I thought I had it in the bag. Zeke was having a great game, but Sanders, Miles Sanders, that is, did just enough to break my heart. So thanks, yeah. Miles Sanders. It was, uh, it was a rough one for you, but yeah. yeah. All right. But I did get the median win, so I'll take that. Yeah. I mean, that always helps. I, yeah. I, I would take anything right now, a median win or a normal win, whatever, you know, I'm just sitting here with a goose egg at the bottom of the standings. So yeah. yeah. All right. Moving on to our next topic, our biggest takeaways from this week. Uh, my biggest takeaway this week was kind of noticing the league median went down pretty drastically compared to what it was the first couple of weeks. Um, and, and some of the high scoring teams have kind of toned it down a little bit. The scoring isn't as drastic on one end to the other. Um, so that was kind of my biggest takeaway, I, a little bit more of a balancing act within the league in terms of really high scoring teams and low scoring teams and the league medians kind of finding a, a nice little nestled spot where it is right now. Watch yourself. Yeah. Uh, so my biggest takeaway, and I know that Scott's team has been mentioned as one of the top teams, and I know he didn't have a very uh, great win. Or, you know, I mean, he did win, but he didn't have like an outstanding win. Mm-hmm. But I just, I think this is Scott's 
title to lose at this point, really. Yep. Kyler Murray, Joe Mixon, Swift. His wideouts are insane with Diggs, McLaurin, Godwin, and Debo. I, I truthfully think right now it's Scott's championship to lose at this point. I know Justin's right there, too, with the 3-0. and I don't have the league median record in front of me, mm-hmm. so I'm just really looking at the head-to-head record. And I know Justin's also a 3-0. and But right now, with Scott having a Murray, it, he, he's a juggernaut right now. Yeah, I mean, Scott right now, this is kind of – and we're about to touch base on this here soon, moving into the next one. It's actually a perfect transition to this. So right now with our top three standings, we're currently sitting at Scott at five and one, Lucas at five and one, and JC at five and one. Uh, they are in that respective order, obviously because of points four. And I do want to give an honorable mention to Sean, who is also five and one um, and is roughly about three points behind JC for that third, that third place spot. Um so, yeah, I mean, it's getting extremely competitive, and the top four right now are, are doing a tremendous job of keeping themselves up there. So, yeah, yeah, it's a pretty close one. All right, moving on down to a new segment that we're introducing this week in our team and player analysis session. So we have a stardom or sit Thursday night football edition. Uh, I'm going to give you two players at respective positions um, that are facing off against each other. And you're going to tell me whether you would start one or you would sit the other one, who you would start and who you would sit. Um, So starting off right at the top, we have Joe Burrow or Trevor Lawrence. Who are you starting and who are you sitting? I'm definitely going to have to start Joe Burrow. I think both of them have more turnovers than they would like. Mm -hmm. But I don't see the turnovers really declining for a Trevor Lawrence or a Joe Burrow. I think with each passing week, he's just going to get more comfortable with his own body. He's going to get better. I know he doesn't have a T. Higgins, but Jacksonville just looks god-awful terrible. Yeah. Where Bengals have been a surprisingly okay team. I mean, they did just beat Pittsburgh pretty soundly, but mm-hmm. I think I think the clear and obvious would be a Joe Burrow on this one. Yeah, I uh... – I agree there. I think Joe Burrow is definitely the the clear start for me right there. Um, yeah. Trevor Lawrence, is just, he's not been performing as well as we would have liked him to. All right. Mm-hmm. Our very next start of more sit We got Joe Mixon or James Robinson. Which one are you starting and which one are you sitting? Uh, this one's tough. You know, week one, I would have told you – Flat out, I am 150% going to sit James Robinson and start Joe Mixon. Mm-hmm. But as of lately, Robinson's definitely been picking it up. I mean, he's he scored last week. It was a big game against Arizona. Six targets, six catches. I I think oh, I would I would probably start James Robinson. Just because I think Cincinnati is going to throw the ball more so than they run, which, I mean, most NFL teams do anyway. But yeah, I think Robinson's going to be the X factor for Jacksonville to beat um, the Bengals because I think Jacksonville doesn't necessarily have to throw the ball a whole ton to beat Jacksonville or, excuse me, Cincinnati. Mm-hmm. 
I mean, look at what happened last week, you know, with Big Ben against the Bengals. He threw the ball how many times? 58? Yeah. Something like that. I, I think Jacksonville is going to, like, flip the script, control the clock, get Trevor Lawrence more comfortable so he doesn't have to keep, you know, throwing interceptions. Yeah. I would have to go with Robinson on this one. Interesting. Actually, I'm going with the other one. I'm going to go with Joe Mixon as my start here, and James Robinson as my sit. Uh, it comes down to as simple as the Jaguars' run defense is atrocious. Um, yeah. And it's just I think Joe Mixon, obviously, he got off to a hot start, and he hasn't been doing very well the past couple weeks. But I, I think the way that the Jacksonville's run defense is right now, I think Joe Mixon will definitely have himself a great week. So I'm starting Joe Mixon this week. Yeah. yeah. All right. And our last one, we got the Bengals defense or the Jags defense. Who are you starting and who are you sitting? Uh, I'm definitely going to start the Bengals defense. I think, I don't think they're as good as what their uh, current ranking is. What I'm not 100% sure what it is. I know it's up there though, but yeah, their, I mean, their current Lawrence, ranking right now is number nine. Yeah. But Trevor Lawrence is tied for the most interceptions. So you're almost guaranteed he's going to throw at least maybe one or two. Where Burrow, you know, it's hit or miss. He has turned the ball over this season. But I'm banking more on Lawrence doing that. So I'm going to start the Bengals defense. Yeah, I think this one to me was probably one of the more easier ones. Uh, Bengals defense has been doing really well this year uh, as the number nine, like I mentioned before. And the Jaguars defense is the number 29th overall defense in the league right now. Not doing very well. Uh, pretty bad. So, yeah, Bengals defense here all the way. I think they'll probably have a few turnovers. Um, and I think they'll, they'll probably score at least 15 points this week coming up. So I think they'll do really well. Yeah. All right. Moving on over to our matchup preview, starting off with our best matchup. Who do you have this week as your best matchup? Yeah, this one's definitely tough. Uh I would have to say, off the top of my head, I would have to go with myself versus Nate. It is projected to be pretty close. He's only projected to win by 1.6. Not a whole lot of rhyme or reason as to why I think this is. I just think that our fantasy history against each other, we've always had big-time moments, big-time matchups. It's always nitty. It's always tough. So I'm going to have to go with myself versus Nate. Okay. I'm going to actually have to go with here. uh, JC Scooby and the gang versus Jake penguins of Madagascar. Um, That was another good one too. This this should be a really good matchup. Um, Obviously Jake has Mahomes and hurts, which is a great quarterback combination right now. He's got Aaron Jones is running back. Mike Davis is and Robert Woods. Isn't that great, but Mike Williams has been making up the, the difference for Robert Woods yeah. not playing as well. He's got Tyler Boyd, who obviously we expect again to to do really well this upcoming week with Higgins out. So mm-hmm. on the other side of the ball, you got Matt Ryan, Kirk Cousins, Najee Harris, uh, Mike Evans, Travis Kelsey. Um, it's just a lot of weapons on that side for JC for them to hopefully do well. So I'm excited to see how this pans out. I think this is probably my favorite and best matchup coming into the week. Yeah, I mean, those two are very competitive themselves, too, and they're yes. great fantasy managers. So 
yeah, I'm definitely there's a lot of good ones this yes. week coming up for sure. Yeah. And in terms of, uh, you know, things to look out for this week, um, for me, it's really just the league median. I'm curious to see if the league median is going to continue to, to maybe go down a little bit more or if it's going to kind of settle where it's at right now at about the 144 mark is what we hit Pat uh, last week. So I think it'll uh, it'll be an interesting week to see how the, how, how it pans out. And I expect I expect it to stay anywhere between anywhere from like 142 to about like 148 this upcoming week. So what, uh, what do you have? Do you have anything that you're looking out towards this week? Uh, not necessarily. I'm more or less looking to see, and it's not really like teams that I'm looking like the most to watch. I just want to see if some players start to perform better than they have been, mm-hmm. you know, like guys, like, even though I'm facing against him and Nate has him, but, you know, is Jonathan Taylor going to start being the running back that we all thought he was going to be? Yeah. Will Al Robinson finally come out of his shell? Um, Tyreek Hill, will he have one of those big-time games that he's so prone to having? So I kind of just want to see, are the top guys that were drafted going to start really performing to their respected, you know, draft position, draft number, whatever you want to call it? Mm-hmm. So that's kind of what I want to see. Yeah. Yeah, I respect that. I think there's a lot of players out there that people want to see perform, especially for where they were drafted at. Um, The values right now are kind of all over the place for certain players. You know, some players that are perennial top tens are just not performing at that level right now. And players who we've never heard of before or just have never really been doing too well in the past are doing extremely well right now. Um, So it'll be interesting to see what that outcome will be here by the end of this upcoming week. I do expect some players to turn it around, but yeah, we'll see. All right, moving on down to our matchup predictions. Starting off at the very top, we have myself versus Kyron. I'm going to go ahead and say this here right now. I have myself pulling out on this one. And I think I have myself in the league median this week. So hopefully flip this 0-6 to a a respectable 2-6. So what do you have? Yep, I have to agree. I think... You're going to get the first dub, and I think Kyron is going to be crying on Sunday, knowing that Kamara was a big reason why he lost. (laughs) No, I'm just messing. But, yeah, I think, you know, your running back trio, I think, is probably the best in the league. Um, Justin Jefferson's huge. Dawson Knox has been a surprisingly decent tight end this season. Yeah, I think I'm going to have to go with you on this. Appreciate that. All right, moving on over to our next matchup. We have Kevin, Randy, Marsh, and Scott, the Thundercats. I think this one, probably one of the easier ones for me this week to really look at and be like, okay, I know who's winning. And I think the Thundercats are going to pull this one out. I just don't think Kevin has enough firepower on his end right now to to keep up with, with Scott's team. What do you have? Oh, yeah, I agree. I mean, the projections, um, you know, Scott's almost projected to win by 20 points. His yeah. four wide receivers are insane. He's got two great running backs. You know, Kyler Murray, it could be, I think you could see potentially some of Murray's floor against the Rams, but his floor, I still think, is a top 10 quarterback. I think his Which floor is, is what he dropped last week, and it was 18 points. That was disappointing for Kyler Murray. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> right, so, exactly. So, yeah. 
you can't complain as long as he's still getting that. Fifth. I've exactly. always said if, if your quarterback gets fifteen plus points or more, you're in a good spot. Yeah, you're you're yeah. you're not you know complaining. So yeah, yeah, it's 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 pretty easy one to choose this week. I mean, you got Kyler Murray, Joe Mixon, DeAndre Swift, Stephon Diggs, uh, Hawkinson, Jamar Chase, Debo Samuel, and Koo as the kicker who. Hasn't been doing tremendous, but I mean, he's putting up six, five, and six, which is commendable for a kicker. That is Scott's boy. Oh, I know. Let me tell you. (laughs) That is his boy. I used to work with him um, for almost half a year, and he would bring him up so many times. I'm like, yeah, you is the man. Yeah. He's he's a pretty badass, too. He's a savage. Oh, yeah. Yeah, he is. All right, moving on down to our next matchup. We have the Rickus Rick and Damon versus Hugh Neutron and Lucas. I think this one was a little bit of a tougher one for me to really decide. I think this will be a really close matchup. Uh, I think the running backs will probably end up making the difference at the end of the day. Uh, but I'm going to have to go with Lucas here. Lucas's team has been a pleasant surprise this year coming out, and he's been doing extremely well. Um, who do you have? I... Oof. This, this one's tough too. Yeah, it is. Um, I'm gonna have to go with Damon on this one though. I just I I know that Lucas has a Tom Brady. I just like Damon's quarterback situation way more. Mm-hmm. Um, and you know, Deontay Johnson hopefully does come back as well. Uh, Michael Pittman looks like he's, you know, the wide receiver. I think a lot of people the upside that a lot of people saw on him. Um. Yeah, I'm going to have to go with Damon on this one. And more or less, it's just because of the quarterback situation. I really like what he's got going on right there. Yeah. All right. Moving on to our next matchup, we have Otis in the Belkhouse in Nate against God of the Super Saiyans versus yourself. So I think this this is a really – this was a candidate for me for the the top – Matchup of the week. It was definitely an honorable mention. I'm actually going to have to go with Otis here. I think uh, Sam Darnold was a great, great move for him to, yeah. to pick up Sam Darnold. Um, Trevor Lawrence, as we all know, sucks and has not been doing very well. That's who we had before that. And I think him adding Sam Darnold really gives his team a little bit more stability. Um, and I do expect Jonathan Taylor to have a pretty good week this upcoming week. So, yeah, I got Otis. Uh, who do you have? Well, I'm going to have to go with myself because I think my record against Nate, I don't know the top of my head, but I definitely think I'm above 500 on him. And this is just in fantasy in general. Mm-hmm. So I'm going to go with that. I, I will say, though, like, I'm not, that's not a comfortable me saying yes that I'm going to win. It's like, it's I'm, more of an ego yes than it is a, uh, yeah, a real yes. I got to be confident in myself, confident in myself. But just looking at uh, Nate's team as a whole, he's got really good big pieces. I, I, you know, I can argue to say more than myself, but I'm gonna have to go with myself. I gotta pick myself. I might just I have a clear it. number. If Herbert plays like he did again last week, Herbert just might be the top quarterback in the NFL. And that's a. I mean, he's statement. playing tremendous. In, in sake of, in terms of fantasy. Football yeah. he's, hasn't been playing very well, but in, in terms yeah. of real life football, he's not bad. I mean, he's 
He's six and three in terms of touchdown to turnover ratio, isn't which isn't that great. Yeah. Um, but he still, I mean, last week he killed it. I mean, I I, th- I sent him away and he has his best performance of the year as soon as I let him go. Yeah, so. you sent him to me. <laughs> so yeah, thank you. I respect it. I respect it. Yeah. All good. All right. Moving on to the next one. We have the auto rockets versus the football heads. What do you have here? Whew, this one's tough. I know Nick's projected to win by, you know, a good, a good margin. Yeah. Um, but I'm going to have to go with Sean on this one. And it's only because I don't know exactly. I'm starting Chuba Hubbard in a different league. Yeah. And yeah, he's projected the 14, you know, 0.45 points, but I don't necessarily know what his role is going to be. You know what I mean? And, and Dallas's run defense has surprisingly been pretty good. So I think I'm going to have to go with Sean on this one. Okay. I respect that. I'm actually going to go with Otto. I expect Chuba to have a great week. I, I hope mean, he does. He's, I'm getting wrong. Yeah. He's got some other pieces there that are just going to perform. Derek Carr has been having himself quite a year. He's had two touchdowns in every game so far. Yeah. He only has two interceptions across his last three games, and he's dropped over 20 points every week so far. So I don't expect that to change at all. Um, And then, you know, Josh Allen is just being Josh Allen, and he played like Herbert did last week, where they both just absolutely annihilated defenses. So I'm going to go with with Nick on this one. Yeah, and just to talk a little bit more about Derek Carr, he he was the one quarterback in almost every single one of my draft rankings where – if I can't get a – because most of the leagues I'm in, it's either a two-quarterback or a super flex. Yeah. So I said to myself, like, if I can't get a high-tier second quarterback, Carr is going to be the guy I think I can get on a discount. And he's yeah. – so far, he's been great. I've been pretty high on Carr in terms of, like, you know, as your second quarterback in this league. You know, you draft your first quarterback usually pretty early and then you wait a little bit to get your second one. I think in this league, it, over the past couple of years, I've always liked Carr. Um, he obviously hasn't yeah. performed as well as he's doing right now, but I took the chance on him this year. I think he was – I thought he was going to perform very well um, in, in a couple of our other leagues. And – and especially the league that we have an offensive player. Um, I took him in that league as my second quarterback and it's been working out pretty well for me there with him. So anyone who has Derek Carr right now is, is doing pretty well. Yeah, for sure. All right. Moving on down to our final matchup, which this was my matchup of the week. We have Scooby and the gang with JC versus Penguins of Madagascar in Jake. Who do you have here? Uh, yeah, this one's tough. Um, yeah, this one is tricky. I'm going to have to go with Jake on this one, though. His quarterback situation is wild. Yeah. Jalen Hurts, you know, I know people have their opinions about him, but the numbers are what the numbers are right now. He's fifth-ranked quarterback. Pat Mahomes, you know, third, can easily be first. Mike Williams has been, a, you know, a big surprise. And I know that Jake made that trade with Scott to get him. And if I'm Jake right now, you're like, wow, I just got a gold mine. Yes. 
So, but yeah, I'm gonna have to go with Jake on this one. I just think his he's got players that are on fire, and Tyler Boyd is now gonna be fluxed into that clear and obvious wide receiver two situation mm-hmm. with T. Higgins out. So yeah, I'm gonna have to go with Jake on this one. Yep, I 100% agree with everything you just said. Um, yeah. yeah, I'm gonna have. I think I have Jake coming out on this one. He. I know he hasn't had the start to his fantasy year. I think that he would have liked to have had. That's just because Jake's so used to being a dominator. Yeah. But yeah, um, go ahead. But yeah, I mean, he's currently sitting in eighth place at two and four. Uh, not, not the greatest. So uh, he can quickly turn his season around here this week if he pulls off the the league median win and the head-to-head win, So, which is I expect him to do both this week. So, Yeah. yeah. I agree. All right. That was our recap section for the week and who we think we're going to win. We're going to move on to our trade recap section where interesting trades happen this upcoming week. Um, We'll start off with the most recent one. Happened today. I thought it was a pretty good trade myself. Um, It was Nate giving up Antonio Brown, KJ Osborne, and Tyson Williams. For Trey Sermon, Jarvis Landry, and Jerry Judy. And Mike, you are the one that gave those pieces away. So I'll let you open the floor here. What, uh, what was kind of your initial thoughts of this trade in terms of the value that it gives you and kind of what you were giving away? Yeah, um, I was in a desperate need to get some more rotational guys as flex spots. Uh I do like Jerry Judy a lot. Don't get me wrong. Um, But I'm in a situation at two and four right now where I got to start getting some wins. I still have yet to get a head to head win. Um, And I think Antonio Brown is, I think he has a really good ceiling. He might even have the highest ceiling out of guys like Mike Evans or Chris Godwin. I know the numbers are, they're not saying that right now, but, I think what everybody saw week one with Antonio Brown, you're just flirting with the idea like, oh, man, is this the old AB that we saw? Um, Tyson Williams, I mean, Baltimore's running situation is a little weird, but I still think he's the clear RB1 there. Um, And then KJ Osborne, I mean, he's definitely the wide receiver three in Minnesota. I'm not really sure how, you know, his role is going to be going forward, but he's so far been one of the top waiver wire pickups, and I know nobody likes to trade for waiver wire pickups. Don't get me wrong, but I'm in a situation right now where I need guys that I'm not stuck playing the same people week in and week out, and I think the guys that I got right now can help that 100%. Yeah, I I mean, I I agree. I I think this was a really good trade on both ends. Um, Nate grabbing Trey Sermon, who I have been very vocal about saying that I think he's going to be the future back in San Francisco. Um, And Jerry Judy was a sneaky pickup there, uh, considering he comes back pretty soon and that offense could really use him. Um, And with KJ Hamler being out, once Jerry Judy comes back into that offense, he's going to be more important than ever. Um, And then on your end, Antonio Brown obviously had a hot week one. And then the past couple weeks, he didn't do so well. He he was out because of COVID. Um, But the main piece here, 
I think for you is Tyson Williams. Yeah. I think it's a really good piece to add. You know, that backfield is still a little uncertain exactly as to who who's the lead back in that backfield. I had always said, obviously, I think Latavius Murray, who he's not running back one on the depth chart, but I think he gets the touches to be practically the same. Um, last week wasn't so great for him. I think Tyson will continue to kind of develop into that role. But again, I like this trade for both of you. I think it works out really well. Yeah, I agree. I mean, I can't argue anything. I definitely like the trade we did. Yeah. All right. Moving on down to our next trade. It was myself giving away Naeem Hines and George Kittle uh, and bringing in Alvin Kamara. I will let you open up with your initial thoughts. I mean, my initial thoughts were, wow, Eddie just got an RV1, which that's hard to get, especially on Kamara's talent level. And I know that me and you got into talking a little bit more about this trade. And I still do think that, like, you – I don't want to say you completely ran away with this because giving up a guy like a Kittle with that extreme value of a top three tight end does have and a Naheem Hines who – has definitely been outperforming his um, ADP 100%. Um, but it's – I just think getting an RB1 just has so such great value. And now now you have a Dalvin Cook, Kamara, and Antonio Gibson, which we'll talk about Gibson here in a bit. But that's going to be hard to beat. When those three guys are on, I don't see you losing. Yeah. Where in Kyron's case – Yes, having that value of a Kittle is amazing because now you don't ever have to really worry about a tight end. If anything, that just gives you more wiggle room if you did want to move him, kind of like how I did to you and then you did to um, Kyron. There's a lot of moving. Kittle moved a lot within the last week. So Yeah, he did. Yeah, he can't make up his mind who he wants to yeah. marry. So. <laughs> so. I think right now, as, as it stands, you won this trade. Um, I think just time will tell and see if Naheem Hines keeps outperforming his ADP. Yep. So, Yeah, and again, it, just to touch up on it super quick, obviously Alvin Kamara has been somewhat underperforming his ADP, um, and he hasn't been doing as well as he probably would traditionally do if Drew Brees was in that backfield, getting a little bit more touches in terms of passes and things, and I thought right now was really the best opportunity to go trade for him. I thought this was the lowest that he's probably going to be probably for the entire year. Um, And I knew that if I wanted to pounce on this opportunity and his value was going to be low enough to where I think I could have had him um, and and where I got him. But I also feel as if George Kittle starting to climb back up, obviously last year, he only played eight games. He averaged like 9.6 points a game, um, which on average that would have put him somewhere close to the top within that top three range where he rightfully deserves to be. Um, and the prior years before that, he's been a top three guy. So, you know, Kittle, I understand the injury concerns, and that was something that a couple couple people brought up to me, was just, is he going to be able to stay healthy for the entire remainder of the year? Um, but I still think having a top three tight end in this league is just something that frees you up so much. Um, and then again, Naeem Hines has been outperforming his even his counterpart in Jonathan Taylor, and who's RB1 in that offense. Um, and he's been doing extremely well. Um, so 
I know these guys are valuable. I've had a few managers in this league reach out to me about Heinz and Kittle both. Um, so I know they had some value behind them. Um, obviously, it'd be stupid of me to say that this was a dead even trade because, come on, we, we all know right, right. what's going on here a little bit. But I don't think it's as drastic as people are making it out to be. But No, overall, and I think like yeah. how we were mentioning with Kittle, Kyron now has a – flexibility what he can do with Kittle I mean we've seen the return that Kittle has gotten in the two trades that he was involved in so it's really up to Kyron about how he wants to play this how he wants to do it so agreed yeah that's all I gotta say all right moving on down to the next trade we have the Penguins of Madagascar giving up Rondale Moore and Jamal Williams and the Thundercats uh, giving up Mike Williams and Philip Lindsay. I actually thought this was a really good trade in terms of, you know, we had a conversation in our other podcast about buy or sell, and Mike Williams was one of them. Um, I think selling Mike Williams right now was a really good decision, and he brought in a Rondale Moore, who has a, a pretty high ceiling. I think he'll do very well. And Jamal Williams, who's proven in that Detroit backfield that, you know, he can take some of those, those snaps that he's receiving and do the most with them. Um, but yeah, what, what do you have? Yeah, I think before week three, I would have said that I like the end that Scott got because he didn't necessarily, I mean, we've, we've covered his wide house that he has and they're amazing. Mm-hmm. Um, he can afford to give, give this piece up. Right. He could, he, he had that ability to give up somebody, but I think, and get, don't get me wrong, like getting Jamal Williams and having DeAndre Swift, that's huge. That's really good for just short-term and long-term success in case, you know, Swift does go down. But as it stands now, I can guarantee you Scott wishes he could take it back. And that's not me saying that I've talked to him about it. You know, he called me whenever they first made that trade. And we talked about it. But we haven't talked about it since, and I can guarantee you he's he's take, he's regretting it only because I still think he would have sold Mike Williams. I just think he could have sold him for way more now. Yeah, I agree. I mean, so the value drastically changed. So yeah, I still think um, overall not a horrible trade. Obviously, post Mike Williams having what thirty something points last week. Which is kind of insane. I, I think it worked out really well for both guys. So yeah, I agree. All right, moving on down to the final trade of the week. It involved myself and you. We uh, had me acquiring Antonio Gibson, Joe Burrow, and mm-hmm. George Kittle, and I was giving up OBJ, Justin Herbert, Robert Tunyon, and Damian Harris to you. Um, I'll kind of open it up and, and yeah. just kind of go where you know where what I was looking at within this trade. I think that the quarterback situation and the swaps were pretty similar at the time. Obviously, Herbert just had a ridiculous week this week and, and mm-hmm. really did well um, and moved his his overall ranking up a little bit more. But at the time, obviously, when this trade went through, there really wasn't too big of a difference between the two guys. Um, so I, I saw that as a wash. I needed another running back that could possibly give me a big pop and a boost in points. And obviously, Antonio Gibson was the guy for that. Um, his value wasn't insanely high. Uh, at the time of the trade, obviously, because he just wasn't really doing too hot. He had a bad week two, I believe. I think it was week two. 
where he just didn't really do very great. Um, and then George Kittle, uh, I think his value was also at, at the time being whenever he was in and we had these discussions, you know, his yeah. value just wasn't what it is right now. You know, he had a week last week where he, he was able to, to push himself up back up a little bit, obviously week one, he had, uh, I believe he had 17 points Kittle, um, or no, he had 11 points in week one, and then he followed it with a five point. Not that great. I mean, in the, his first two weeks, he had a total of roughly 17 points. Um, and then last week, he put up 17 points alone. So yeah. I think that's usually what we're used to seeing him at. Um, yeah, and I, I feel like I just needed a little bit more of that depth, a little bit more running back pop, and a little bit more tight end tight stability. How about yourself? Yeah, I mean, I think the big piece for me here was Herbert. Um you know, owning the Jimmy Garoppolo and Trey Lance quarterback situation um, and then having a Joe Burrow at the time. I didn't know if Joe Burrow was going to be enough to help balance out that less than ideal situation, but I think Herbert definitely will. So I really like that part of it. Um, Odo Beckham, I think, is the big ultimate question mark here on this trade. You know, we – the week he came back, uh, 13.7 points. And that was – that game was weird just because it was such a defensive game as a whole. So I think that's what we see out of 13.7 points out of Odell. I truthfully think that's his four, honestly. I think it's – I don't think he'll ever match what he did in his prime with the Giants. But I think as he starts getting more healthier and – I don't think Odo Beckham is stupid enough to not realize the potential that Cleveland does have. And I think he's going to like get outside of his own personal ego. And really, I think this could be the year where we finally get to see that Odo Beckham that we haven't seen in how many years, like at least three, maybe four. About two, two to three years since yeah, he's, he's been at relevant. At least two years. So, um, so. so I think he's a big, big question mark, but an exciting, like, exclamation question mark, if that makes sense. I agree. Um, Jarvis Landry being out and on the IR right. is, is big for him. Yeah, and then Damian Harris. I Going into draft season, I was pretty high on Harris. Um, he, he played pretty well last year. Uh, he, he is definitely the clear runner with the Patriots. I know he had a rough week last week. It happens, but again, he only had six carries, so I'm not I'm not terribly too worried on that. I know you guys play against Tampa, and that's, again, another really tough matchup. But now, and I know we made this trade before this news happened, but James White is now currently out for the season. Mm-hmm. I don't know if that makes Harris more valuable for catches, but I now know for a 100% fact it is his backfield and his backfield I almost want to say alone. I know they have that Ramondre Stevenson or something. I think that's his name. Um, But I think with a rookie quarterback, they're going to run the ball more. So we'll see with him. Then Tanya, he's been a little, you know, depressing. Uh, Last week, he had one catch for six yards, but. Yeah, didn't do very hot. No, he didn't, and I am a little worried, but I'm trying not to be. I know he does have that touchdown ability, so we'll see. 
I think as it stands right now, looking because you know we made this trade pretty early into the week. Yeah, yeah. So the way I see it now is, I mean, we made it on. I think we we made it on a Friday, Friday yeah. afternoon. So I I am happy with the Justin Herbert. I think he has potential to be a honest to god top five fantasy quarterback. I know he's thirteenth right now, but. I mean, he's, he's he has the opportunity. He has the weapons around him to be able to do it. So, I agree. Yeah, I agree. Cool. All right, moving on down to our around the league segment, and our fantasy over under. I've got three for you this week. Uh, number one, uh, a guy who's been severely underperforming, just hasn't really been doing that well. Uh, in Jonathan Taylor, fifteen fantasy points over under. What are you taking? Uh, I'm going to have to take the over on this one. I think we finally get to see the Jonathan Taylor. I think Nate and myself in a different league drafted for. Um, he plays against Miami where they've been a suspect defense. Not the same Miami defense we've seen before. I'm going to have to take the over on this one. I think he finally gets the score here. Yeah, I respect it. I'm actually going to take the under. I just don't know how much of the backfield touches he's going to be doing. Uh, obviously, Hines last week had more production and touches out of the backfield um, and snap uh, splits in terms of how many snaps he was on the field and how many snaps he received. Um, and Miami's defense is 31st in the league against the run and against running backs just in general. Um, so I think that they'll heavily incorporate both running backs here. So yeah. I think I'm going to go with the under here. I think if he if he does happen to get a touchdown, I think he'll easily go over. But I just don't know if it's going to happen, taking the under. Well, we'll see. Yeah, we'll see. All right. We got a uh, next over-under is a matchup. We have JC, just Scooby and the gang, versus – apologies – versus Jake, Penguins of Madagascar. I have the line currently set as 310 total points. Are you taking that over or under on their matchup? Uh, I'm going to have to go with the over on that one. Um, me and JC alone put up, I think, over 310 points last week. And I think right now, and i am be the first to admit if a team is better than mine, I think Jake's team right now is better than mine. And I know JC didn't make a whole lot of changes. So I'm going to have to go with the over on that. Okay. Yeah, I will also take the over on this. I think, you know, these guys have, have been some high scorers. These JC has been doing really well in terms of scoring so far this year. And Jake is working his way back um, to score the points that he wants to. So I'm taking, taking, the, uh, taking the over on this one. Yeah. All right. And last but not least, we have Lamar Jackson at 22 points, taking the over or the under. Uh, I'm going to have to go with the under on this one. Denver is that one team where, like, I just don't know how good they really are. But I do know they have a solid defense. And we've seen out of the three games, Lamar get over 22 points only once. And that was against the Chiefs. Um, I'm going to have to go with the under, though. I think at Denver – He's not going to be running around a whole lot, and I don't. It's not me questioning his ability to breathe in the Denver, Colorado air by any means, but I know just playing at Denver is a tough place to play. So I think I'm going to have to go with the under. 
Yeah, I think I'm, I myself am going to have to go with the under here as well. Uh, he's playing against the number one pass defense in the league. I think he's going to be very run heavy this year, this um, this upcoming week. And he is also averaging about 1.8 turnovers a game, uh, which isn't not very hot. It's not a not a very good sight. Um, he had two fumbles the first game, two interceptions week two, and an interception last week. He has been averaging a touchdown every game, but I just don't know if it's enough this week to get him over that hump. Uh, if he runs the ball and they, and they run it well, I think he has a chance, but I'm going to have to go with the under. I think he'll score 20 or 21, but a 22 is, is – I think we're starting to see now that, like, quarterbacks getting above that 22, that's a really good week. Yeah, that's a good number. You know what I mean? That's – Justin Herbert, he put up 30. I know Allen put over 30, but those are monster games. And 22 points, you're at least getting into the, that, that, you know, top five range scoring for quarterback. And like you mentioned, Denver's pass defense is number one. Yeah, I mean, 22 points puts you at about 300 yards and a couple touchdowns, and you're hitting hitting that area yeah. with no turnovers. So it's right. a pretty solid game. All right. All right, moving on to the next section. We have our news and notes. Uh, we're going to open it up with Justin Fields, who had himself an atrocious week last week. Not very good. Um, he only put up 80 total fantasy points last week. Uh, what do you expect of him this week? Do you expect him to play this week? Do you expect the Bears to sit him this week? Like, What are your expectations? Uh, this is... It's it's tough. Um, I think I think if Matt Nagy, which I hope he still does, end up getting fired, I think if he has any legitimate chance to save his job, you're gonna have to take the gamble and play at Justin Fields. That's not me questioning Fields' talent. I think he has all the talent in the world, but. You, you need to throw, you know, something out. And he is the one – he is the quarterback. No offense to Andy Dalton. But Fields is the quarterback that's going to be able to do that. I think he will play this week. I don't know how much. I don't know if it's going to be the same situation that he was doing in the past few weeks, you know, just coming in for a certain play or two, kind of like what Trey Lance is doing. But, yeah, I think I think – it's if you're the Bears front man, like the owner, management, whatever, you don't want to ruin the psyche of a Justin Fields. Yeah. You can't start him and then bench him. Once you start the rookie quarterback, you roll with it, you go with it, especially somebody who was drafted that high. We've seen it happen so many times where quarterbacks just lose their confidence so quick. Dwayne Haskins, Josh Rosen. Mitch Trubisky, uh, I don't – you know, there's probably a few other guys that I haven't even mentioned. But once you keep starting them, benching them, starting them, and benching them, that just creates a whole issue of problems. So I don't know if the management is, will overrule what Matt Nagy says, but I certainly would. The Bears, you know, fan base, the city needs somebody – with this kind of level and this kind of talent because they've never had it. Yeah. So that's my little spiel, but yeah, I think, I think he'll play. Yeah. I think he'll play in some capacity. I don't know if he'll start. 
Um, but I think he'll be on the field at some point. Um, it'll just be interesting because I know that there was rumors going out around there about Matt Nagy purposely calling the game the way that he did just so Justin Fields didn't have a, a better performance than what Andy Dalton was doing just because he, he was vocally during the draft process against moving up to get a quarterback. He didn't feel like they needed one. Um, so it'll be interesting to see. I don't know, you know, what Matt Nagy's thought process is like. If he's trying to prove a point right now is really not the time to try to prove a point, especially with uh, a young quarterback like this. So, yeah. all right, moving on to the next one. We have uh, Christian McCaffrey. A sad, sad injury. He's out for about three to four weeks. Um, do you expect Chuba Hubbard to be a viable replacement for Christian McCaffrey while he's out, uh, somewhat comparable to how Mike Davis was last year. Yeah, I do actually. Um, Chuba Hubbard was a solid college running back from my um, rec, um, you know, from my memory. Uh, Mike Davis did really well last year, stepping in for that role. And the coach's name is what Joe Brady, right? I think that's his name. I don't know. I know it comes from LSU, but. Yeah, I think he'll just be fine. I don't know. You know, he's not going to do what Christian McCaffrey did. Nobody – there's only one Christian McCaffrey. Yeah. But, yeah, I think he'll do – like, yeah, I have no – there's no reason for me not to think that just because they put in somebody like a Mike Davis who nobody – none of us ever heard of. And he did great last season. And I think Chuba Hubbard has that same skill set that a Mike Davis has. So, yeah, I think he'll be just fine. Yeah, I, I think it'll work out for him. Um, in my head, I'm thinking if Mike Davis was able to do it, I think Drew Hubbard will definitely be able to do it. So, yeah, excited to see how he plays this week. I have him in one of our other leagues and curious to see how he plays. So, I think it'll be interesting. But that being said, do you have anything else you want to mention? Any news or anything? Uh, no, not really. I mean... Hopefully we don't see a bad trade. We had a really bad trade in the one league that I'm in. So, yeah, yeah, but yeah, it is what it is. But yeah, yeah, no, not really. Um, I hope my team turns around. I hope your team gets the dub. Uh, We're we're desperate. We're desperate, bro. (laughs) (laughs) We're desperate. Yes, we are. It's uh, it's been rough. Thankfully, I'm in like four other leagues, so I don't have to just worry about how sad this league is in terms of. My own six record right now. So I'm just glad I don't play you. Every freaking time I play you, I lose. Every <laughs> I think I might just change the schedule so we just time. play each other every week. Yeah. I'll, I guess be what I'll, end up doing. I'll be the next Detroit Lions real quick. <laughs> but yeah, uh, no, no, that's all I gotta say. All right. Well, with that being said, thank you everyone for coming to this episode of the podcast. We really appreciate it. Y'all have a good one. Peace. <laughs>